Hello, friends. Shannon Joy here for Connecta Mobile. In a world where every message could be watched and every move tracked, your privacy is not just a preference, it's a necessity. Introducing the ultimate guardian of your digital life, Connecta Mobile. With Connecta, experience the safety of military-grade encrypted messages where your conversations are yours and yours alone. No data tracking, no eyes on your information, just pure, unbreachable privacy. For total phone security and privacy, check out our new sponsors over at Connecta. Visit www.phone123.com joy, or call them today at 941 941- 246-2156. Guys, this is military-grade technology in the palm of your hands. Because privacy isn't a feature, it's your right. Go to phone123.com slash joy today. That's phone123.com slash joy. And take back control with Connecta Mobile. Well, there we go. Can you guys hear me? Oh, my word. Okay. Hello. How is everyone doing? <laughs> Nothing is going my way today. So good to be with all of you. Welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. We are live on Rumble. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Spreely TV. Oh, my gosh. Roku TV, Apple TV, and no sound to begin the show. This is not my day. Not having the best day. I am a woman jilted. Steve Kirsch is supposed to be in the Joy Virtual Studio with me right now. We arranged this yesterday. Good friend of the Shannon Joy Show. Very, very unlike Steve Kirsch. 
to not make an interview. So I am uh, texting him right now. Hopefully he can join us. It might have been a question. I know that he is on Pacific time. We are on Eastern time. And again, he's been on the show probably a dozen times since the summer of or the spring of 2021. He has never missed an interview. And so I'm a little bit surprised about that, but I was really looking forward to talking to Steve Kirsch. He had an unbelievable debate and discourse with Denis Rancourt, who is pushing the Overton window and pushing the boundaries on the discussion of COVID-19, the COVID-19 virus, whether it even exists, and also the discourse on the vaccine. It was a two-hour debate featured on the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation Rumble page right here on Rumble. It was unbelievable. If you can sit through two hours, for me, it was it was worth it. And yeah, Vidana, it's a good hair day though. Thank you. My hair looks okay. I'm telling you, Daniel Horowitz was supposed to be with me today. He canceled because he's losing his voice. So Steve Kirsch, it was supposed to be Friday, moved him up to today and we arranged it. And he's, I, you know, I'm texting him. Hello, hello. But I have, you know, he has the link and maybe he'll pop on. These are the perils of independent producing and going live. Sometimes your guests just don't show up. So we're going to freestyle a little bit today, and I will talk to you about that discourse. Again, there are a lot of uh, debates happening right now, finally, within the scientific community, and they're good debates. Um, Steve Kirsch was able to secure a debate with vaccine proponent Kevin Bass, which was Interesting. That ran a couple days ago. Tracy Beth Hogue debated Denis Rancourt. I wasn't able to see that an entire debate, but again, this is on vaccine safety, general vaccine safety and efficacy. And this is the first time that we have seen in many, many years the scientific community, the the establishment scientific community being pulled into actual debates on this topic. And so there are very few of them. Uh, it's a huge win for people like Denis Rancourt and also Steve Kirsch. But there was a debate between Steve Kirsch and Denis that was unbelievable. And if we can link it here in the show notes, I will link it. Uh, Vaccine Safety Research Foundation is uh, VSRF on Rumble. And yeah, fantastic debate. That's why I wanted to have Steve Kirsch in today because Denis Rancourt, and you know, I've seen this line of thinking within parts of the medical freedom community. And it's the basic question did the novel virus, coronavirus, ever exist in the first place? Or was everything that happened in 2020? a psychological operation, a military operation, a propaganda operation using uh, normal illnesses like the flu or respiratory illnesses that happen every spring and every fall, every winter, turning that into a fear and a panic, calling it a novel coronavirus and using that to cover up what would be a coming economic collapse, but also using it to justify the countermeasure. And that is the rollout of what many people believe is a bioweapon, the COVID-19 vaccine, which does have real severe 
impact on the human body. This is something I have stayed away from, quite frankly, on my show, the idea of whether or not coronavirus even existed, because I don't understand the science. I'm not a scientist. And it just wasn't something that I thought was incredibly important at the time, but it might be important moving forward. And I was very appreciative of Steve having uh, Denis Rancourt on his platform to debate this. It was a fascinating, absolutely fascinating debate. Now, I'll just give you an overview of it. Maybe I'll get Denis in here to talk about it. We'll reach out to him and then hopefully reschedule Steve Kirsch. I haven't heard from him. I'm texting him right now. I gave him a, 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 a call on his cell phone. Again, very unlike Steve to miss an interview. He's never missed one. And we've had almost a dozen since uh, 2021. So I'm really surprised, but I'm sure it is for a good reason. And we will definitely reschedule that. But yeah, I'm completely the woman guilt, uh, jilted this week. Uh, Daniel Horowitz promised me that he's going to be on the show next week. And yeah, you guys are confirming that Daniel sounds pretty hoarse, <laughs> needs a little bit of chicken soup. And and yeah, really fascinating discourse um, between Denis Rancourt and also Steve Kirsch. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but let's do a little bit of housekeeping first. Let's say hello to all of you on the live chat and those of you who are watching live on Rumble right now. Thank you so much for being here. If you like the show, if you like what we do, this independent production, please give us a thumbs up right now. Smash that like button and also join us on the live chat. We have really great discourse and conversation really great great questions on the live chat. And one of the things that I want to do now, um, moving forward, if you guys have a question, and obviously today we're going to go freestyle a little bit. There's a lot of news out there. I've been paying very close attention, everything from the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin. People are concerned about that uh, on pins and needles, waiting for that to drop on Friday. Also, uh, really insane, insane videos coming out from Bizarro Con, namely uh, Brandon Dilly, who goes by Warlord Dilly on Twitter. He has blocked me now, but he's issuing threats. And uh, to Taylor Swift, of all people, he is a MAGA aggregator. He is a pro-Trump guy. He is a spokesperson for Team Trump, and he is now issuing threats, astonishing threats. I have a video. I posted it out on Twitter yesterday. And the question is, do we want this bizarro con group of Cat Turd and Dilly Meme Team and Laura Loomers and Andrew Tate to essentially define what conservatism is moving forward? It's very concerning to me. I've talked to you guys often about bizarro con, and we will meet bizarro con today on the show. I have two, frankly, astounding videos from this, this wacko Brandon Dilly, a.k.a. Warlord Dilly. Uh, he's abrasive, and uh, now he's issuing threats. Also, a uh, bombshell statement, Aaron Rodgers was on Joe Rogan, and there is a viral video of Aaron Rodgers calling out the pharmaceutical industry, and it is fantastic. So we're going to look at that as well. Um, so we're just going to go freestyle. If you guys have questions, one of the new features I want to – uh, rollout here on the Shannon Joy Show is your ability to uh, comment and question on the live chat right here on Rumble. There's another feature. I did another training with Rumble 
studio last week. And this is really exciting. In the next couple of weeks, they're rolling out another feature where you guys will be able to online, um, I'll be able to grab your audio. So those of you on the live chat, if you turn on a certain feature, you can actually, we can have discourse. I can pull you up. You can make comments. The audio will be available. And this is super exciting. This is one of the reasons I love um, Rumble Studio. They have been great. This platform is elegant. It works. I'm live. I've had very few hiccups. I've figured out how to bring uh, guests on. The audio is great. The video is great. And now they continue to add features. And I love that ability to talk with all of you. So, oh yeah, Studio 8424 says you want to moderate that. I think I can. I think if I know you guys on the live chat, Oh my gosh, we have Chuck Tiza on the live chat today. Hello, Chuck. How are you? Glad to see you. Um, yeah, Studio 8424, I think you do have the ability to moderate it, and I can mute people or take them down if I want, if they go bananas or crazy. I can do that all from this interface, which again, for independent broadcasters, this is just unbelievable. Um, I love the new independent broadcasters. It's uh, amazing, and this is why we're getting better discourse. So that debate between Denis Rancourt and Steve Kirsch, that's because of independent media. Question to all of you. Have you heard of um, Denis Rancourt and his work? He is a, a professor formerly from the University of Ottawa in Canada, and he has been one of the leading skeptics of the idea that the coronavirus, the novel virus, ever even really existed. His, uh, his uh, platform and his theory is that uh, it was more of a propaganda campaign, a fear campaign, um, a psychological campaign that was rolled out that took nor a normal virus and what normally happens in any flu season or cold season and turned it into uh, this panic. And then obviously they used the panic to justify, uh, you know, all of the lockdowns, all of, you know, the, the complete um, suppression of human existence. They put thousands of small to medium sized businesses out of out of business and basically changed the fabric of our culture and society forever and again you know we're still reeling from all of that um but what he's saying I mean, this is this is some bombshell stuff this is uh, astounding what uh, he is positing. And yeah, many J's three I watched Steve's interview with Denis it was very convincing. And uh, let's see, Mopar 21222. Yes, Dr. Rancourt is very rational and intelligent. I thought so as well. He's multidisciplinary. So Denis Rancourt is a, is a physicist or, originally, but he has uh, popped into many different disciplines in, uh, in the, the field of, of science and resource, uh, research. But he's also a historian. He is somewhat of a philosopher. He is uh, a skeptic. He's a critic. He's a critical thinker. He challenges powerful institutions, and he's done it throughout his entire career. He's continuing what he did in, in his early career, and it's you know the reason that he popped around from so many disciplines, because uh, he would always ask those 
tough questions that the scientific community made up mostly of people who want money and power and prestige. They don't really want to solve things. They don't really want to answer questions or, or expand the boundaries of scientific thought or theory. They really just want the, the federal money. They want the grant money. They want the prestige. They want the tenure at the big university and so on and so forth. And so he's a really, really interesting guy. And yeah, um, you guys are on the live chat right now saying it was a, for those of you who watched the debate, it was uh, absolutely worthwhile. Two hours. But it was the larger picture, right? We've been operating for the past two years, even within the medical freedom community, which is why I wanted to talk to Steve today, because he's part of that medical freedom community, organizing, uh, activating, and also pushing out media. And I wanted to ask him about, you know, this has been a kind of grumbling, rumbling debate that I have noticed from different scientists who I respect and I believe are very good. And there's not, I would say, a, a conclusive consensus, and I hate even to say that word, but there isn't a consensus that uh, the virus even existed, right? And that's kind of mind-blowing to think, wow, wouldn't that be great for governments and power players to be able to just turn on the fear switch and then turn it off? And they don't even really need to have a virus, a deadly pathogen, and spread it all over. They don't have to risk themselves and their family with, with the widespread release of a dangerous pathogen. They can just use propaganda and media and all their power and all their money to convince people it's there. Then they can use a faulty or a, a um, rigged PCR test or any type of testing to basically underscore and bolster their position and then just use that to wreak havoc on culture. You know, like lock us down, open us up, lock us down, open us up, scare the crap out of you. I mean, that was really the, the essence of their conversation and, um, you know, Steve asked really important questions, like a, philo a philosophical question, you know, how do we come to truth? How do we resolve these scientific questions when you have a thousand papers saying that vaccines do not cause autism or a thousand papers that say vaccines do cause autism? Like what what's happening here? And that delved into a larger philosophical discussion about power players in geopolitics and the fact that many are beginning to operate under the assumption that coronavirus and the lockdowns was had nothing to do with a virus. It had nothing to do with illness. And it had less to do with the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine than it did to covering up the larger geopolitical uh, movements that, that look to be shaping the 21st century, right? The United States of America, completely in debt, trillions of dollars in debt. We're about to crash and burn. And the elites and the power players don't want us focused on that. They also want an excuse to justify what happened. What better way to, to write the history, history book saying, well, it was the coronavirus, the great pandemic of 2020 that brought down the United States of America and elevated China and India into the new 21st century economy of, of Belt and Road, the Silk Road that we talked about yesterday, interestingly enough, in context of the border crisis. And we spoke yesterday. I would encourage you guys to go back and watch my interview with Brian O'Shea, who is a contributor for Daily Clout, uh, ex-intelligence, uh, and really saying the same thing. So this is taking the issue of COVID and moving it into a whole new genre. And that's why 
I just thought this debate was really, really interesting. Denise Rancourt also secured a debate with Tracy Beth Hogue, who is a, a vaccine proponent. You can find that online as well. And Steve Kirsch secured a debate with another vaccine proponent, Kevin Bass. So I want to encourage you guys to follow Steve Kirsch on Twitter. He still hasn't gotten back to me. So I hope he's okay. And we will definitely reschedule this. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to ask questions or make comments today, again, we are freestyling on the Shannon Joy Show. I was completely prepped to do an interview with Steve Kirsch and he's not here. So I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to, I will uh, chat with you on the live chat. If you have any questions, any comments, please put them in all caps so that I know. So this is what I'd like to do moving forward. If you have a question or a comment, please put them in all caps. If you want me to read them on the show and I will read them. Um, and let's just say hello to the live chat. Everyone who is with us right now, again, please give us a thumbs up. Please give us a like. Please push this out to everyone you know. Comment on the live chat. That helps us with the algorithm and uh, helps us to grow this little independent show. So I'm going to say hi to all of you. And then we're going to go to break. And then when we come back from break, we're going to hit some of the headlines and some of the work that I've been doing on Twitter um, and really exposing Bizarro Khan. Also, there is uh, concern. Naomi Wolf had a very interesting tweet that she put out about the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin. There are rumblings now about the Espionage Act, which is concerning Naomi Wolf, and it's concerning me as well. This brings in the entire justification for the imprisonment of Julian Assange, a, a much larger attack on journalism, independent journalism. And uh, Tucker Carlson might be finding himself in the midst of all of this, even before his interview drops tomorrow, Friday on Twitter. It's what everyone is talking about. He's concluded the interview with Vladimir Putin. Uh, he has uh, emerged unscathed and that is set to run tomorrow. We'll talk about that um, as well later in the program. And we're going to look at a, a few great video clips that I just happened to upload. So we have those ready to go. So let's say hello to all of you first before we go to break. Um, Chuck Teza, longtime listener and viewer of the Shannon Joy show is on the live chat. Good to see you. Jim, avid golfer, is with us. It would be very hard to sell to normies to say COVID was not a real disease. Jim, avid golfer, that's why I haven't brought it up on my show, quite frankly. It's a really complicated discussion. It's a highly scientific discussion. It's an elevated scientific discussion. I'm not a scientist. And people are have been so incredibly propagandized to the existence and emergence of the novel coronavirus, that it's almost pointless to discuss it on a platform like this. Uh, you know, sometimes people do not have eyes to see and ears to hear. And from my perspective as a presenter, if people aren't ready to see it or hear it in the general public, or even, you know, I'm not even in the general public. This is a niche audience. You guys are awake. You're aware. You're some of the most intelligent consumers of news and media and information on the face of the planet. And so you guys, I, I can push boundaries with on my platforms, but the general uh, public, no way in hell. And if I if I were to come out and make a definitive statement on something like that, they would just use it as a bludgeon. They would use it as a, a weapon to discredit everything else that I do. And, and the same goes for other scientists 
who or researchers who don't want to go down this path, right? It's not that they don't think that maybe it it could be the case. It's just what's the point at this point? Um, we're looking at a uh, there was oh this was one of the this was consensus um, in the discourse between Steve Kirsch and Denis. They both agreed that the vaccines were highly toxic and the vaccines were killing people. That that was uh, there is general consensus there within the medical freedom community, and I think. When you look at the anecdotal evidence, you look at the the scientific evidence, you look at the metadata, the uh, case fatality rates, the emergence of the turbo cancers, the all-cause mortality, and all of that da- data coming out of places like New Zealand and Australia and even the U.S., then you can say definitively there is a correlation between the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and not COVID-19, the virus, because none of this was happening in 220 or even 221. It wasn't until after they rolled the vaccine out that you began to see the blood clots, the myocarditis, the pericarditis, the turbo cancers, the HIV-like symptoms, the depressed and degraded immune systems, the autoimmune disease, the blood clots, you name it, right? So there was consensus between the two. And again, they had a very respect, uh, very respectful, uh, respectful discourse, which I really appreciated. And it was really interesting. The other um, area that I thought was really interesting that um, they talked about, where was this? Oh yeah. In terms of like the best science. So, and we're going to, we are going to go to break in a moment. Um, They were talking about the best science out there. And I know a lot of you are overwhelmed. I myself am overwhelmed often with all of the research papers, all of the studies, um, it, I mean, it seems like every day you go on to social media or Twitter and there are reports, there are studies. It's hard to know which ones to trust and which ones you don't want to trust. But they both, Steve Kirsch and Denis Rancourt, both believed that in terms of determining the toxicity of COVID vaccines, the spike protein, the lipid nanoparticles and the mRNA technology that make up the the COVID-19 vaccine, they seem to think that the autopsy reports are the very, very best indicators of direct causal links between the vaccine and the mechanism of vaccine injury and death. And there are more and more emerging autopsy reports on that. So you can have a correlation, the rollout of the COVID vaccine, and there's, there's a lot to be said about that with uh, all of the adverse events and the diseases that we're seeing, but in terms of uh, determining causality, so the vaccine injected in the human actually actually killed the human or or injured the human. That happens, uh, and they can determine that um, with the autopsies. And so that was just a little nugget that I thought was very helpful because I'm always trying to find the best stuff. And there are a lot of people these days making money off of scaring people about the vaccine and scaring people about the spike protein. And I think people should be concerned about that, but you don't want, we don't want to get into this fear cycle, the same fear cycle that people got in regarding the, the coronavirus as a, a novel virus in 2020. So you really just have to be, um, you have to be cautious with that. Okay, so let's go back to your comments. Um, So Vedana occasionally says that COVID wasn't real or a PSYOP or whatever. Um, And when you say that, yeah, I run into that a lot. When I say COVID wasn't real, 
Um, I mean all the things around it, like the numbers, the actual deaths, the alternative treatments, the mask, et, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not convinced that COVID-19, the virus, isn't a real novel uh, pathogen or a real novel virus. Again, I saw people who were very, very, very sick, very sick um, in my family, among my friends. Some of them ended up on ventilators. And these were people who tested positive for COVID-19. Now, can we trust the PCR tests? That's another topic, right? But again, it's kind of messy, right? Um, Jim Abbott, Vol uh, oh, thank you so much. CJP Rumble in the live chat has put up the Rancor link. Okay, thank you. Um, that's great. Thank you so much. So you can go and check out his debates and he's been debating. He's not afraid to go into a venue. And that's how I, that's how I find good sources. People who are willing to be challenged and to be asked questions and to go into hostile venues, I'm like, go for it. That's how I trust them. And that's how I find really good uh, sources. Um, Jim Avid Golfer says people are too invested in COVID. Most mark time by it. Uh, then I say, oh, before the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we do have to focus on COVID. You guys know I'm the one. I want the reckoning. I want people to go to jail. I want restitution. I want the pharmaceutical companies to go down. I want them to be sued, class action, you name it, every type of court, federal, state, criminal, civil, you name it, I want to see it happen. But we do have to remember that there is also a good chance, and I think a very likely chance, that COVID-19 was part of a much larger operation a much larger geopolitical operation. And we have to look at it in that context. So I agree with you. Studio 8424 is with us. Um, Malaka Tom, hello. Welcome to the live chat. Love seeing you guys on the live chat. If you have a question, if you have a comment, please put it in all caps, MOPAR21222. Very good. Thank you. All caps. Shannon, any word on getting Dr. David Martin on the show? His information is the most convincing to me. I really like Dr. David Martin. I am in direct contact with his people and his scheduler, and they have agreed to come on the show. It's only a matter of timing. In addition, I was also able, I am now in direct conversation um, with Michael Yan. I know I mentioned him yesterday. He's a fascinating, absolutely fascinating Person, I did somewhat of a deep dive on him about seven or eight months ago, and we mentioned him uh, in the discussion on the United States border and the influx, the essentially the invasion of young, fighting-aged men across our border. It is a military invasion. This has been planned for quite some time, and Michael Yan, I would say might be one of the definitive sources, one of the best sources on this topic. He understands the big picture, the 40,000 foot vantage point. I spoke with him yesterday. He's going back down to Panama. By the way, Michael Yawn is the guy. If you saw um, Brett Weinstein on Tucker Carlson and Brett and Tucker, that was when they really kind of blew the lid off of this idea that it is a hostile invasion happening at our southern border. They are importing an invading army into the United States of America and dispersing them throughout our country. And that was posited by 
Brett Weinstein on Tucker Carlson earlier this week. You also saw Michael Yawn on the high wire with Dell Bigtree talking about a similar topic, but a slightly different angle. So Michael Yawn is the guy he was able to bring Ann Vanderstill. He was able to bring uh, uh, Brett Weinstein and a few other people, Chris Martinson, who is a good friend of the Shannon Joy show, down to the border and also to Panama to witness basically these massive installations like non-governmental organizations funded by our government, right, that are building holding places, warehouses, settlements, um, you know, this entire ecosystem of the movement of humans, you know, human trafficking through South America, expediting their trip to the United States of America. It's a massive, massive money operation. And he is, you know, he's been doing this uh, very interesting guy, by the way. So on a tangent, Michael Yan. so to answer your question, Mopar 21222 on the live chat. Yes, I'm still working on David Martin. I'm going to get him on. Uh, but I'm also thrilled to have secured Michael Yon. So he's going to be with us next week, uh, barring, you know, a catastrophe. I've never had two guests cancel in the same week. <laughs> Daniel Horowitz was supposed to be with me today. He lost his voice. He couldn't do it. And uh, of course, Steve Daish, or Steve uh, Kirsch, who is in the title, was supposed to be with us as well. Still haven't heard from him. I was texting him, and uh, I just hope everything is okay. So thank you all for being on the live chat. Really, really great comments. Winford Frank is with us on the live chat. Hello from Mallorca Island. Vedana says, I got sick in December 2019, respiratory. I had it about a week, and then it went away for a few days, came back again. Many people around me. The same thing. We think it was COVID. Yeah. I haven't been sick. I mean, knock on wood. I haven't been sick in four years. Year prior to COVID, during COVID, after COVID. I haven't had a fever. I haven't had, I think like two years ago, I had one day where my throat was a little uh, itchy and a little sore. And that's basically the extent of, so I, you know, I don't know what's going on within my my body, but, um, you know, I haven't been sick with it. Actually, Rancourt had a really interesting theory about um, studies that have been done um, showing that viruses, the, the, the most common indication of whether or not a person will catch a virus, and he's really interested in this idea of can you catch a virus? Can it be spread uh, through the air, uh, aerosolized or airborne, through mucous membranes, through direct contact, French kissing, whatever. There have been a lot of studies done on this of, uh, you know, very serious scientists who wanted to spread the flu. And uh, interestingly enough, they were unable to do it. And they did some really gross things, like uh, including having people like sneeze or cough in other people's faces, trying to spread the flu. They weren't able to do it. They did, however, find the, and he talks about this study on his interview with Steve Kirsch. They did, however, find that the most, uh, the most common factor in people who did catch a virus is stress and anxiety and social isolation. So the more isolated you are from other humans and the more anxiety and stress you have or you or you experience in your life, the more likely you are to catch a cold, catch the flu, catch the virus, et cetera, et cetera. And I can say, even though I deal with a lot of stressful 
uh, topics, I don't tend to be a stressed out person. I'm very laid back and I just don't sweat the small stuff a whole lot. So I don't know if there's correlation there, but I thought that was a really, really interesting, interesting um, idea that was put out by Dennis Rancourt. So I think what I have to do, or Denis, it's it's D-E-N-I-S, but it's pronounced Denis. I think what I might have to do, guys, is get um, Denis on on the show as well, because I would love to talk to him um, also. Ooh, yes. Uh, let me see. Here we go. Oh, you guys like the idea of having uh, having Michael Yawn on. Good, good. You know, I'll have anyone on, on. I'll ask any questions for sure. Yeah, Winford Frank likes Michael Yawn. He's great. All right, good. All right, we're up over 200 viewers right now, even without our guest on Rumble. If you are watching right now on Rumble, we're going to go to break in a minute. I want you to stay through the break. We have 209 of you watching right now. If you could follow The Shannon Joy Show, give us a thumbs up and share this. Even give us a quick comment on the live chat. That really helps to bust up our numbers. It helps to grow the show. It helps with our algorithm. And as you all know, I'm completely independent. There's no one behind me. I'm a one-woman show. And I do this all on my own. But uh, if I'm not as well-produced as other big talkers and other shows, um, we make up for it, I think, in independent discourse and a willingness to talk about a lot of topics that the mainstream news media, conservative media, bizarro con, and even the Republican right won't talk about. I will I will challenge everything. And uh, in listening to Denis Rancourt and how you know he's always been kind of on the outskirts of the scientific community because he's always questioned everything and he's always uh, questioned big ideas and certain paradigms. I feel very similar. I mean, I do the same thing as well. It's one of the reasons I uh, am independent. That doesn't mean I will be independent forever, but at least right now, uh, we are a, a one-woman show. And again, when you guys give us that algorithmic bump, right, with the thumbs up, with the follow, and with the comments, that helps to just expose this show to other people. So when we come back, we're going to thank our sponsors, and we're going to look at um, we're going to get a look at Bizarro Khan and this guy, uh, Brendan Dilly, and he heads up the Dilly meme team. They're basically rhetorical and political assassins online for Donald Trump. He pimps Trump regularly. He's a big MAGA guy. And frankly, he's vicious. He's now making ap- actual threats. Uh, I pushed this out yesterday. It's about 70,000 views now on Twitter. And uh, the question is, do we want bizarro cons? We want, I mean, who are these people? Are they really conservatives? They're representing conservatives. Uh, But do we want them to represent us? I don't think we do. We're going to take a look at that and more when we come back right here on the Shannon Joy Show. Thanks for listening to the Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. Shannon Joy here for PCM and Associates. Financial independence is your foundation to pursue a life of freedom. Smart investing helps you generate your own income, reduce taxes, and allows you to make your own decisions about how to spend your time. Most importantly, it builds your legacy so you can support your family and the institutions you care about. Proper asset allocation is the way to start, and Don Polano of PCM and Associates has guided his clients to this goal for decades. Call him today at 271-8540. That's 271-8540. 
New details tonight on the 1963 assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. The alleged assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, was involved in a CIA operation three months before the assassination. This project was said to be a covert CIA operation that was developing a top-secret vaccine and or a biological weapon. What they're doing is they're trying to kill Castro. I'm just a patsy. In 1963, the world was a powder keg ready to explode. With the CIA holding a match to fuses on every continent. From Vietnam to Cuba, clandestine operations were being waged to preserve a fascist new world order, which emerged from the ashes of the Third Reich. Assassination teams within the CIA had their eyes on two sitting heads of state. Fidel, a few years earlier, had survived an agency-led coup d'etat. The other head of state, President John F. Kennedy, had scuttled that attempted overthrow and pledged to dismantle the agency, which was already planning his demise. U.S. soil was no longer sacred nor safe from the murderous reach of the CIA, which now reached ambitiously into the heartland of America and into the bayous of New Orleans. Not me, however, but I'm a, a, a communist. A young girl found herself caught up in a clandestine covert operation to eliminate Fidel Castro. This wouldn't be a shot heard around the world, but rather a silent shot of super cancer-causing poison derived from a monkey simian virus called SV40. A team of fascists hell-bent on defeating communism, directed by the CIA, was formed in New Orleans. This den of vipers included the head of the National Cancer Society, the FBI's former head agent in mafia-controlled Chicago, and a paramilitary instructor who would bring in a double agent named Lee Harvey Oswald. This tale has everything from murder, espionage, a tragic love story to bioweapons and the genesis of gain-of-function research. At the end of this, we'll have one dead doctor, multiple dead agents, and a dead president. I'm Shannon Joy. Stay tuned as I take you through the full story. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. And I am thrilled to report to all of you that Steve Kirsch just taught, he just called me on the cell phone. And yeah, I was right. He was on, he's on Pacific time. He thought I meant California time. And so he's going to try to pop on and do the interview. So I think that's totally awesome. And as I told you, I've never, ever, ever had a problem with Steve Kirsch. He is always here, he's always on time. And so hopefully uh, it'll be probably a couple minutes before he can get everything together and pop into the studio. And so, yeah, we have Steve Kirsch. So stay tuned. Keep it right here. We are going to have the interview and go over again. I want to get his thoughts on his discourse with Denis Rancourt. It was excellent. 
Excellent, excellent. Um, you guys think that I should get Todd Erzin? I Yeah, you know what? I would be so lucky. If I had Todd Erzin as a producer, man, this show would be an Aaron. Man, Steve Dace has it made over there. They have a great team, great show. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, I would love to get a producer. I've always, you guys know I've had, I've had issues. Um, with producers, all my producers want like to control what I talk about. And so that's just never going to work. So this is why I go through them a little bit because they want to tell me what to say and they want me to read a teleprompter. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. You don't know me very, if you think I'm going to, you're going to write my show and I'm going to read a teleprompter. You don't know me at all. That's just not going to happen <laughs> on the Shannon Joy show. So let's, while we're waiting for Steve, um, let's do this first, some, some housekeeping tomorrow, no show. Okay. We're going to take, I'm going to take a day off the joy family. We're traveling to Pittsburgh with the whole family road trip. My older son, Jack is playing in the Nike steel city freeze big volleyball tournament in Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. And so we're going to be traveling tomorrow and you know what? I'm just not going to do the show. So you guys are just going to have to go a day without the Shannon joy show. That's okay. We'll be back on Monday, Monday evening next week on uh, the 12th of February. Mark your calendars, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I am going to be joining Steve Dace, Daniel Horowitz, Tracy Beans, our good friend John Burke, and also Brian Griffin, who was the campaign manager for Ron DeSantis. We are going to raise money for the amazing Texas Congressman Chip Roy. He is a leader in the liberty movement within the cesspool that is Washington, D.C. He has a target on him because he supported DeSantis as opposed to Donald Trump. And now MAGA is coming after him. All of Bizarro Khan, all of the MAGA bullies, the hitman, hitmen are coming after Tom Massey. They're coming after Chip Roy. They want to primary them with rhinos who Trump will get behind. And so we're going to be, we've been raising, we raised, I want to say 20 thousand dollars in a couple hours for Tom Massey the week before last. I was on one of the Money Bomb Spaces on Twitter. They are so much fun. You can ask questions. I love spaces. And so we are going to be doing an exclusive spaces 8 p.m. on Twitter on Monday next week. Myself, Steve Dace, Daniel Horowitz, and all of you we're going to raise money for uh, Chip Roy. So if you're following me on Twitter, all the information is right there. And I'll make sure um, that I push it out again so that you, can, you guys can find the link. Um, all right. Oh, Winford Frank says, why does Steve Kirsch get bad press? His work is amazing and his heart is in the right place. Yeah, Steve Kirsch is among a lot of people who were whistleblowers during COVID-19 that came from the left, came from the, you know, inside the government apparatus, and they blew the whistle. And people now use it against them that they were on the left or, you know, involved with Washington, D.C. And so it really doesn't make much sense. I think Steve is great. And uh, we'll be talking to him uh, in a bit. And yeah, Vedana says Kirsch gets bad press because, yeah, he used to be on the left. And they don't like anyone leaving, leaving the plantation. Well, let's talk about the plantation. Let's talk about the new right. Let's talk about Bizarro Khan. I told you guys I was going to run these uh, videos from Dilly. I was sent this video from Brendan Dilly, who is Warlord Dilly on Twitter. I'm blocked. He's blocked me for some reason. Um, and I pushed this out yesterday, uh, an absolute threat. He made a threat to Taylor Swift. Now, remember... Um, last week, there's this whole hullabaloo over Taylor Swift. 
that she is going to get all of her Swifties together and all the young millennials and the Gen Zers, and they're all going to vote for Biden because Taylor is going to tell them to do that because, you know, they love Tay Tay and she's going to bring in the youth vote and it's not fair to Trump, la la la. And so everybody was going on and on about Taylor. Um, she's a lefty. I, I don't agree with any of her politics. Uh, her boyfriend is one of the biggest pimps for money for the Pfizer vaccines. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't pimp the Pfizer vaccine. So I have nothing in common with Tay-Tay when it comes to politics. I like her music. I must confess, I will jam out to it in the summer in my car when, you know, I'm feeling good about the world. And, you know, that's just an admission. However, uh, yeah, I'm not going to take political advice from Taylor. Well, Apparently, this has just sent everyone into a conniption, especially on the right and especially on Bizarro Con right. So remember, Cat Turd, he's the guy now who is pimping Bud Light. OK, so uh, Bud Light, the groomer company, Anheuser-Busch, who pushed out, um, you know, the, the transgender, uh, you know, trans activists to promote beer. Uh, they suffered a boycott. They've been suffering ever since, deservedly so. They've never apologized. They've never uh, course corrected. They haven't changed course. And now they're using Trump, Trump Jr., Dana White over at UFC, and the entirety of Bizarro Con. So I'm sure that this Brendan Dilly guy is included, but Cat Turd, who is the new spokesperson for the conservative right, apparently Tucker Carlson has deemed him the new Rush Limbaugh. And, uh, and you know, this is now, you know, turning into this, this debate over, um, you know, whether or not we should drink Bud Light. But Cat Turd and all the right wants us to drink Bud Light now because Bud Light is giving money to Donald Trump. And apparently he's invested in Bud Light as well. So it's just ridiculous. It's all just ridiculous. The Taylor Swift things, thing comes into this as well. So this is what Dilly had to say about Taylor Swift. And, and the threat that he issued was last week and I pushed it out. People are appalled by it. And I think they should be. So check this out and let me know what you think. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be straight up blunt with you. As long as Taylor Swift remains, we'll call it a free agent, we will behave a certain way. The second she makes the other, the wrong choice, it is absolutely incumbent upon us to punish that bitch for doing that. Hello. Hmm. Yep. Gosh, there we go with the sound. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, so here's the question. Uh, you know, Brendan Dilley, again, has a large audience and he commands a large audience. He's representative of the conservative right. And here he is issuing a threat. Um, it is incumbent upon us to punish that B. Right? Like, that's insane. Absolutely insane. Oh, are you guys? I'm still muted. Okay, what the heck? No, I can, I can hear you. You can hear me? I can hear you. I didn't. I couldn't hear you before, but you were muted before. You know, check the check your Wait, settings. Am I muted now? 
No. Well, I mean, I can hear you. Uh, they can hear. They can hear me. Gosh, can they can? <laughs> Steve, I'm self-producing. All right, let's bring Steve Dace or Steve Kirsch into. Yeah, so they, they can hear you now. Oh, for heaven's sakes! Oh, wait a minute. No, it's just uh, people say you're muted. Nope, you're good now. Uh, so we can hear you. People now. say you're you're okay. good. Oh my gosh, these are the perils of self-production, Steve Kirsch. Nothing is going right for me this week. Nothing there you go. at all. And it's not even your fault. I told the audience, I'm like, Steve Kirsch never misses an interview ever, ever, ever. I'm like, it must be the, the time zone thing. And okay, we're good. Everyone has Steve. Okay. So did you guys see that I was, before I had you on, I was playing, um, I call it Bizarro Con. These are these new, very like vicious online attack men, like henchmen for Trump. And they go and they attack women and they call them names and they're very dismissive. And in this case, this guy, Brendan Dilly, he's like Dilly meme team and he calls himself Warlord Dilly, is basically threatening Taylor Swift. And if she doesn't get things right, if she goes out and endorses anyone but Trump, it's incumbent upon the the Trump people in MAGA to, in his words, punish that B, right? He called her. And I'm like, this is disgusting. This is one, this is something else. And I'm just gonna play the second video for you guys. And I'm just warning the audience, Steve, that they gotta like these guys have huge audiences. They're platformed on Twitter, they're pushed out for whatever reason, they're representative of MAGA, and they're just really dangerous. This is another video that is circulating of, of this guy who is that is just crazy. I'm gonna play it right now. So you better pray to God. And I mean this literally, or whoever the fuck it is you pray to, okay? That Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, and Attorney General Barr clean this up lawfully. Because if for any reason the President of the United States feels that it's not getting done the way it should and decides to put out the tweet that says, my fellow Americans, my fellow 2A loving Americans, it's time to take up arms against these assholes. You are all fucked in under an hour. Under one hour, you're done. Every one of you. We're all just at home, hanging out, or we're on vacation like me right now, watching you idiots behave the way you do, waiting for that one tweet, that one emergency text message from the fucking President of the United States that gives us the green light to finish this entire thing in under an hour. It will not be law enforcement. It will not be one of these slow bureaucratic justice system wheels of justice turning it'll be a group of people you didn't even know fucking existed because we were mm. in our houses we got off work we we're with our families but we were ready for that call and if that call ever does come you will be fucked seven ways from Sunday. this guy is disgusting and this was prior to i think this might have even been prior to jan 6 when he put that out like this idea of the violent militia. And we're seeing these type of people now uh, putting together groups that they want to bring down to the border and secure the border with their militia. This is the kind of stuff he does. And let's just remember, this is, this is that video I just uh, put out was, um, is older because uh, obviously Bill Barr, he was mentioned, but this is what he just put out last week regarding Taylor Swift. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be straight up blunt with you. As long as Taylor Swift remains we'll call it a free agent, we will behave a certain way. The second she makes the other, the wrong choice, it is absolutely incumbent upon us to punish that bitch for doing that. Like who says that? 
And how possibly can be this rep this be representative of the conservative movement? This guy is a joke. And you guys are asking me, who is this guy? Well, he's huge on Rumble. He's huge on Twitter. He has hundreds of thousands of followers. He is a MAGA guy. He's an aggregator and a proponent of Donald Trump. And he just gets away with this over and over and over. And I'm just warning you guys about them because honestly, Steve Kirsch, I could see Taylor Swift not getting behind someone like, like Biden, but I could see her liking someone like Bobby Kennedy Jr. I mean, he's really attracted to younger generation. He pulls really well with, with younger generations. I'm just concerned. I mean, I've been... I've been the subject of the wrath of MAGA and people like Dilly, and it got really, really nasty with the whole DeSantis thing. And again, Laura Loomer, Dilly, Cat Turd, these online assassins, I think that, you know, we just need to know about them and just cancel them, you know, shut them down in any way. I mean, of course, they have their right to free speech. But in this case, he issued a threat. I don't know how Twitter could justify that, right? Like, we have to punish this bee? Like, what is that? You know, you can opine if you want. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not uh, super familiar with any of these people. In fact, I'm not familiar with them You're at all. You're not familiar with them because they're going to come after RFK. I'm telling you right now. It's just yeah. a matter of time. These people are vicious monsters. They're monsters. Yeah, but... You know, we have free speech in America, so yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I think that's the uh, yeah. Uh, you know, unless people are, uh, you know, free speech has its limits according to the the Supreme Court, and so if they breach those limits, then uh, they can be uh, they can be prosecuted. So yeah, you know, yeah. You, the the for the obvious example is the uh, yelling fire in a crowded theater. Well, I mean, this guy Dilly is like, hey, get your AK-47, join the militia and come down to the border and let's like. Well, but he know. didn't say that explicitly, right? Well, I mean. He, 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 it could have been an, an ex parte motion. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, for for immediate relief in a, in a court of law. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And oh, I no, it. It, it didn't sound like it. It, it wasn't. I don't want him taken. I don't want him deplatformed. But you know what I do want? I want people to know who he is and what his angles are. And I think that he's a plant. I don't even think that he is a real conservative. I think. And what I feel bad, I feel bad for people like the, the J6 people who get wrapped up in this stuff. And they think he's on their side and then they get in trouble, you know, because they're concerned about the country. And I just don't want people, I, it, it disgusts me that this guy is considered a quote unquote conservative, you know, yep. even, even yep. though I consider myself independent at this point, but yeah, yeah I mean, I look, you know, we have to, we've got laws, we need to, to live by them. And if we don't like them, then the, the correct way is to use the system uh, to change the system unless it gets so bad Yeah. that, uh, uh, you can't do that, but that's not the case here. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like this guy, and I just think that he's, it's, it's not good for the discourse. It's not representative, I think, of what most conservatives believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, uh, I used to believe in the vaccines. I changed uh, my opinion when I looked at the data. Yeah, uh, but, uh, um. I, I I would not uh, try to circumvent the law mm -hmm. uh, to uh, to express my beliefs. And, you know, for the New Zealand data, for example, I'm well within the law to uh, to publish that, even though right. 
Um, it was confidential once it's yeah. leaked to me. So I don't go, I don't do, I don't advocate for anything, exactly. even though I might, might like to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because right. of what's going on, which is just insane that uh, Congress is not doing its job. Uh, I, we still all need to, to live within the system and, and try to work within the system. It's, it is a crazy, it's pretty crazy though, that you can't get anybody's attention in Congress, except for a few people like uh, Senator Johnson. It's devastating. Uh, you know, and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, right. who I have still not talked to, hmm. uh, but you know, she's the only one on that, uh, that uh, COVID committee that is actually uh, working for the, the, the people of America, yeah. you know, yeah. and I used to have a, uh, a lower appeal. I'll, I'll just say a lower opinion of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And now I think she's like the, one of the yeah. best members of, yeah. of, of Congress because she's, uh, she's bringing up issues that, yeah. that should be addressed. And, and the rest of the people on her, her, her COVID investigation committee are, are just completely blind to the problem, including the chairman, which is a huge problem. She's the yeah. only one on that committee, right? Yeah. Who's uh, the chairman of that committee, by the way? Uh, he, he's a doctor, and I, I oh, don't yeah, remember his yeah. name. but He's but, bad. Uh, he's bad. You know who's good? She's like everyone else. It's like they're good on certain things and terrible on other things. I, I'm really yeah. not a Marjorie Taylor Greene fan. Um, yeah. you know, anyone yeah, I'm, who, a, I'm a fan on this, on this particular on this issue. issue. I'm a huge right. fan. Right, right. Everything is very weird. And, you know, you were one of the permanently suspended from Twitter. I was one of the permanently suspended from Twitter. So I know that within our movement, we really are about free speech. And I don't want to see anyone get deplatformed. Very concerned about, you know, Tucker Carlson went over to Russia to interview Vladimir Putin. Now we're seeing the left trot out the Espionage Act and some really dangerous language that they use to suppress and to detain Julian Assange, which people should be very concerned about. I guess the bottom line is that we're, we haven't, it, this is my first question for you. Let's get into the interview because I, I didn't bring you on here to talk about this idiot, you know, warlord Dilly. I, wa I wanted to talk to you about a couple things, the vaccine, uh, the medical freedom movement, but also I mean, just a phenomenal discourse between you and Denis Rancourt on uh, Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, Foundation Rumble page um, that I, I just want to get your thoughts on. But, uh, you know, I think the, the larger issue is we're, we haven't moved forward at all. Like the medical freedom movement, you are in the medical freedom movement. You're an advocate, an activist, a philanthropist, uh, early, early vaccine skeptic. And now you are, are just doing everything you can to bring the truth about vaccine injury and death. But, you know, what is the state of, you know, here we are moving into this election year. We have Bobby Kennedy Jr. as an independent, the only guy talking about these things. We had a primary, uh, the only guy who did it right in Florida, which was Ron DeSantis, just completely eviscerated by the conservative movement. Nothing yeah. going on in Congress, nothing going on within the institutions. Like, Where is the medical freedom movement uh, at this point for you? I mean, um, what are your thoughts on where we are three years post-COVID? Well... I'm not an expert on this because I've only been doing it for um, almost three years now. Mm. So, and, and I will point out when I first start, started out in this area, uh, that I believe that when people were exposed to the truth, 
that they would very quickly realize what was going on right and 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 modify their behavior yeah and i thought that would be that would take weeks or maybe a couple of months so here we are three years into it and i'm realizing that well you know smoking took decades mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it was like what 40 years or so and uh and people still haven't discovered that vaccines cause autism, even though it's been decades and it's been covered right. up. You know, so you have to put this into context. Now, the thing that we have going in our favor is we have the uh, public awareness, right? Because you've got the Rasmussen polls where 42% of Americans would sue the drug companies in a class action if such a class action was allowed, wow. but of course it's not allowed because we need to protect the drug companies. And that's the, that is the, uh, uh, that's important for, uh, for Congress to do because the people certainly don't want to protect the drug companies. You know what? I just real quickly, um, there was a headline yeah. today. So Congress not there again, doing nothing on the COVID-19 vaccines. They're not scrutinizing Moderna or Pfizer. They are hauling Johnson and Johnson, Merck and AstraZeneca in front of a, a Senate hearing a panel today to yell at them about the high cost of prescription drugs, right? So in the United States, diabetes drug is, you know, they charge a hundred times what they would charge in France. And that's what the politicians are worried about. So they pretend to try to rein in the pharmaceutical corporations, but they never do anything meaningful. It's all like smoke and mirrors. It's disgusting. You know? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I haven't followed those pricing discussions as to whether they're they're actually just for show or not, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Um, they they seem to have no interest at all in protecting the public and investigating this. I mean, people like Maddie DeGarry, you know, she's a she's a twelve year old. Uh, she participated in the uh, the twelve to fifteen year old trial for Pfizer, and within twenty four hours after her shot, less than twenty four hours after the shot, she went from perfectly normal to not being able to get off the bus. She couldn't walk on her own. And that has never been investigated, despite promises uh, from the then acting commissioner, Janet Woodcock of the FDA, to investigate. This family has never gotten a call from the FDA, the CDC, or the Department of Justice. You know, so we have a, that is, it, it, it's, it is absolutely unambiguous what happened to her. Yeah. And it is, there is no excuse for her case not being investigated, but it's a, it, it kind of is a, the, the canary in the coal mine sort of thing that if Maddie's case was investigated, you would say that there is hope. Now, Trump is not calling for Maddie's case to be investigated. And Biden is not calling for Maddie's case to be investigated, but if RFK was elected president, it would probably be one of the first things that he does. Yeah, and that's that's the big difference in these in the people running for for yeah. uh, for president. You know, if we want to change things in America, reelecting a guy who basically did nothing to reform the the FDA is not the solution. Right. 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 And of course, Biden's not doing anything. So look, you know, I if America's and that's what I don't get about. Um, uh, people who uh, who support Trump is that, you know, look, uh, he said he would drain the swamp. Yeah. And the swamp that I'm looking at that's pretty 
deep is the the FDA and the CDC and the NIH. And the fact that Trump is not calling for investigations for any of this fraud and corruption that was uh, put upon the American people. I mean, almost that's the a, essence uh, of the swamp. That is this. I mean, that's the core. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a swamp that's basically killed close to a million Americans. Now, maybe over a million Americans, but it's close to a million Americans. This is a swamp. I mean, we. I commissioned a survey. I commissioned an outside uh, firm, market research firm, independent market research firm, which then used another independent market research firm to do a thousand-person American survey. And we found that uh, of the thousand people, there were over a hundred households where somebody died. And in half of the cases, people ascribed that death to the vaccine. No way. To the COVID vaccine. Okay. Now, this is a uh, this is a disaster of uh, the, the, I, I, I can't even describe the proportions of of how upset I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, what's Trump doing about it? Right. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. He's avoiding the issue. Yeah. So he's, we have he's actually he's actually covering it up and doubling and tripling and quadrupling down. He's proud. He, right. In his interview with Megan Kelly, to her question, she was the only one. Tucker Carlson didn't ask him a question that really ticked me off. That Tucker didn't ask, but Megan Kelly asked him the question. He said, "I saved hundreds of thousands of people. I don't. I am proud of what I did. I don't get enough credit for how well I handled COVID." That is the official line, and I am with you in the sense. I mean, I came from the right, you came from the left, right? So our previous political lives were opposite. And, but I share your sentiment that that is just, it's the ultimate, it's even worse than the gaslighting that we were subjected to during COVID in the rollout of the vaccine. It's gaslighting to the nth degree because now everyone knows it. No one's taking the vaccines. Everyone attributes, you know, there's a consensus in the country, even though, even though it's not spoken that there's some problem with these vaccines, yet neither of the establishment parties will even, it's like they pretend it didn't even happen. It's its really concerning, really distressing, frankly. Yeah. Before yeah, we go to break, oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's its like, it, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, they're all, you always say the grass is greener on the other side, but, you know, we have to remember that when <laughs> Trump was the one who, who, who created this, um, uh, this vaccine in the first place and Biden carried it on, but yeah. Trump isn't saying that, that I did anything wrong. I mean, this is reelecting Trump in my opinion would be a disaster for America. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And he doesn't, and you know, the other thing is he doesn't want to talk about it. And, you know, if, if, and if Tucker interviewed uh, Trump, which I, I, I must've missed, but the the reason that he wouldn't go there is because Trump has a list of questions that you're supposed to avoid. When, Not okay. When asking him, when when it, he when you interview him, and if Tucker were to go there, he basically wouldn't have an opportunity ever again to access uh, to access Trump because, as you know, Trump is actually pretty good at holding a you know remembering who has. Uh, oh, yeah. misbehaved oh, yeah. and holding them accountable, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, to some extent that could be a good thing, but in other cases it could be a very bad thing. And then in this case it's bad because 
then uh, reporters who are supposed to be doing their job and asking questions are not allowed to ask certain questions and are not allowed to go there. And of course, the reason is because the, he's in a no-win situation with the vaccine. So his whole point is, let's run and hide from the issue. Right. And that's not the mark of a good president. That's not someone you want to elect for president. And, you know, people yeah. may not like me for that, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Well, one of the reasons that we have you back time and time again on the Shannon Joy Show is that you are willing to go into venues, you're willing to be challenged, you challenge other people, and you and I might not always agree on certain things, but I I love that you just push the boundaries. You you will bring people in who have interesting ideas that you might even disagree with for the discourse. And I think the discourse is that's what kills me about Trump. He wouldn't debate DeSantis. He won't debate anyone. He won't answer any tough questions. He and Biden are going to have some sideshow circus debate where they won't ask each other any questions. They yeah. won't hold each other accountable. And they'll probably right, right. RFK out of it. You know, those are cowards. And and that really, really ticks me off. Yeah, and no, no, absolutely. You know, and they and they do that because it's politic, the, the political calculus, right? If Trump were to go into a debate, then everybody would target him. You know, and it'd all be about me versus Trump, and it would just bring him down. If he's not in the debate, then everybody is targeting everybody else in the debate, mm -hmm. and they're all, you know, fighting to be the the survivor on it. Yes. So yeah. it's a political calculus, I think, uh, that he that he makes, and you know, that's America in the in the twenty first century. Welcome to two thousand twenty four. Yeah, we are I mean, I, 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 you know, if I were running for president, which I'm, I have no plans at all to, yeah. to yeah. ever do that. Uh, yeah. But if I were running for president, I would not, uh, uh, I would not play those games. I, I would participate in the debates, even if if everybody had their their sights yeah, on me, because that's the right thing to do. And yeah. and you know, Americans have a uh, should. Uh, be able to hear from all the candidates and, yeah. and make up their mind on who well, the best uh, candidate is. You provided a, a great service to the American people through the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. You guys can follow, um, please follow Steve Kirsch on Twitter. His handle is at stkirsch, stkirsch on Twitter. His substack is stevekirsch.substack.com. Uh, and and follow VSRF on Rumble as well. That's where you can get all the debates. You put your money where your mouth is. You don't just talk about going into venues and engaging in debates. You actually do it. And there have been a lot of debates. That's why I had you on today. I, um, one of the, the, the better developments over the past few months is that we are beginning to finally see some of the people in the scientific community who believe in vaccines emerge from their holes and actually engage in some debate. It's always weighted. They're always tricky tricksters. But we saw Tracy Beth Hogue in a, in a debate with Dennis Ranc uh, Denis Rancor. You had a debate recently with Kevin Bass. You had a, deba a debate with Denis. This is good. Um, and we can thank people like you for that. When we come back, um, I want to talk to you about that discourse with Denis Rancourt, um, where you talked about some kind of big, big overall kind of bombshell uh, ideas. And, you know, he has been on the fore of this, this mindset or thesis that maybe the COVID-19 virus doesn't even really exist. And uh, obviously you believe that it does. It was um, a very interesting and not, I wouldn't even say fiery, but it was a, it was a, a good discourse between the two of you. I want to get your thoughts on how you felt about that. 
and afterwards and, and uh, you know, where you want to go from here. So we're going to go to break real quick. Just take a look at one of our sponsors and uh, we'll be back in a minute right here on the Shannon Joy Shovel. Hi, my name is Quinn Pittman. I grew up here in these Florida woods. I like to hunt and fish on our land in Osteen, Florida. When I was seven, I asked my parents if I could have a couple of milk goats so I can make cheese. I am 14 now and I have a small goat herd. My dad built this barn to keep my goats safe from the bobcats and coyotes that sometimes roam our land. I milk them every day before school. I love spending time with my goats. I make ice cream and milk for some of my friends that are allergic to cow's milk because every kid should be able to eat ice cream. I also make goat milk soap. It is better for your skin, it won't dry out, and it lasts a long time. I make it on my back porch with my mom. If you would like to try my soap, you can order it at qpgoatsoap.com. Place an order and we will make sure that you have fragrant, freshly cured goat milk soap in your home, just like we have in ours. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Chuck Teza says, can you imagine a Trump-Biden debate? It would be like hanging out at the psych ward to solve world peace. <laughs> They're crazy. I mean, Biden, it's like weekend at Bernie's presidency. They just prop him up everywhere he goes. And, and Trump is a, 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 a flaming train with a drunken conductor flying off the cliff. <laughs> like that's, that's the sense you get with these two guys. And uh, it's not good for American discourse and civics. Today we're talking to Steve Kirsch. He is a tech entrepreneur, philanthropist, uh, one of the leaders in the vaccine truth movement and the medical freedom movement. And uh, I texted you a couple days ago, my mind is blown by your discourse with Denis Rancourt. Highly recommend go to VSRF. It's a two-hour uh, discourse. Um, I was riveted the whole time. What what precipitated that, Steve, and the two of you coming together for that conversation? Uh, well, we we uh, I've been in contact uh, with Denis for a long time, and um, uh, you know we've been exchanging messages on uh, uh, X and. He, uh, I never seemed to be able to get his phone number. He won't have a conversation with me. So anyway, we, one thing led to another, we reached out and uh, asked him to be on the show, talk about the, his debate with Tracy Beth Hoag. Wow. And, uh, so he accepted. And so we finally, um, talked face to face. Now he has, I mean, kind of a bombshell thesis that yeah, runs, yeah. runs, um, alongside but separates from people like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, some of the um, Pierre Corey and the folks over at FLCCC, where, you know, they're very invested in treating COVID-19, the virus, COVID, long COVID, uh, COVID-19 vaccine injury. And we now know that the virus is kind of almost the same as the vaccine in a lot of ways in terms of the, the emergence or the presence of the spike protein. Um, and, uh, but Denis represents a subset that is basically saying he's not convinced that this virus even exists. He thinks that we, what happened in 2020 was a psychological campaign. It was a propaganda campaign. It was a military operation. Um, and you know, you guys went back and forth. 
tell me about, uh, you know, that, that discourse and afterwards, I mean, are you guys still friends? Is it still, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on his, his position? Cause that's a, yeah, I mean, look, you know, every, every, everybody has an opinion and everybody's entitled to their opinion. Okay. And, uh, a lot of times we, we disagree. So this is one of the cases where his experience is completely different than my experience mm. in terms of the virus. And he's come to one conclusion or, or one point of view. And I, I asked him in that interview, I said, look, you know, there's this thing called happy hypoxia that exists. And, um, that never existed before. Hmm. And everybody who has happy hypoxia has COVID. And I said, look, you know, if this is not a novel virus, then how do you explain that? Mm -hmm. And I don't think he did a very good job of, I mean, I, I, he, he should, he should have said, I can't. Right. Right. And he didn't. He just went on and on about, well, you know, people are, are under more stress now than they ever were. And, and it's the stress yeah. that's causing the SPO2 to drop. That's right. bullshit. Right. <laughs> okay. There's no, there's no way that that can happen. Okay. I, you know, look, I, I can imagine that stress may uh, impact your SPO2 by a little bit, but the, your stress level is not going to drop SpO2 levels from normal levels. And, and this is a precipitous drop that these, yeah. uh, the EMTs and the paramedics are seeing. And I, I'm, I'm close friends with, with uh, one of the, uh, a very experienced uh, paramedic. I retreat his stuff all the time. And he was saying like, yeah, we were, we're baffled by this happy hypoxia. We've never seen anything even close to this before. Yeah. Now, there, there's no way. And Dan, Dan uh, Denis just doesn't run in the same circles as mm. I do. And yeah. um, you know, if there's one thing that 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 tips it off is the, uh, you know, that would be it. But the other thing, of course, is the uh, these lateral flow assay tests. These are the home kit tests that people the, the home covid test that people have where they you know uh do the swab and put it in the mixture and then drop the uh, put the drops on the piece of paper and watch it laterally but flow have, but didn't we have problems with the pcr test and the cycle it's not a pcr test cycle threshold i mean there's been a lot no it's not a, this is not this is a lateral flow oh. assay test oh, it's, it's not different. a pcr test it's an antigen oh, okay. test okay all right see i didn't know that so you're saying that there are tests out there that are more reliable that people um, regard. I'm saying as that there are tests that are out there that seem to be pretty reliable. Yeah. It's you know, it's like yeah. when I had COVID and I tried these lateral flow assay tests myself. Uh, when I was sick, the lateral flow assay test mm -hmm. showed I was sick, and when I was better, it showed that I was better. <laughs> so you know, I I would think you know, that important. Oh, here's the other thing. This is the reason I have stayed away from this discussion, because to me, it is a, a, a very heavily scientific discussion. You could, you could be arguing um, uh, semantics in, in some cases, or just your definition of what this is versus what that is. And they redefine words all the time to mean different things. Um, you, I would assume in order, you both agreed that the COVID-19 vaccine was deadly. 
that yes. it was, you know, absolutely. So yeah. No, you know, he's, he's on the, yeah. he's definitely and, got the right numbers. His numbers agree with my numbers right, overall. Right. Uh, different countries are going to have different uh, effects. New Zealand was probably uh, somewhere on the order of 5,000 to 10,000 right. people, slightly under his number. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but, but yeah, he's on, he's definitely on the right track. His his numbers, yeah. in fact, were more aggressive than uh, uh, than than my sort of uh, wow. go to number, which is one in a thousand. Okay, why do you think it's so important to Denis and some of the people within the medical freedom community to to prove and establish? Because I've seen this as kind of a dividing line. Like if you know, though, they will essentially write off Dr. Malone or Dr. McCullough because they are treating COVID-19 or they're acknowledging COVID-19, the virus. Why do you think it's so important for them to establish? Why does it matter so much to establish whether or not it exists or that it doesn't exist in, in your I, mind? I, I don't think it is. I don't think, I don't think it's think it important. Either. Okay. Right. Um, no, I don't think it's important for him to do that. It was just one of the questions uh, that, yeah. that came up. Okay. Okay. And, and, I think from what you're, and, okay, but I love this because this is helping me. This You're helping me right now because sometimes you will see people say, well, if you if you believe that there's a virus or there isn't a virus and I, they, I, I'm going to write off everything that you say and you're, you're part of the, you know, controlled opposition, right? It, it, right? And so it divides us um, on these lines of whether or not you believe the virus is there. I'm telling the audience right now and I'm of this conclusion, I don't, I think that you can have a gentleman's disagreement on that and still be on the same team, still be on the same, you know, um, you know, thought line of of the COVID-19 vaccines and how deadly they are. Now, one of the things that he mentioned, and I want to ask you about this because you and I have sparred over this a, a little bit in the past. Um, I have tended to think that that everything that happened was much bigger than the virus and the the pandemic that it was you know that it was a military operation there were larger geopolitical um goals at play and players involved from a you know um a domestic perspective but also foreign you know actors that were heavily invested in shutting everything down in the US, completely destroying our culture, the fabric of our culture, the economy, in order to do whatever it was that, whatever it is they wanna do in the future to us. Um, you have always kind of been like, no, I think it was mismanagement. I think it was a, a fear panic. I think that people didn't know. Have you um, amended your thoughts on that at all as more information comes out? Or what are your thoughts? I mean, because clearly even RFK, will make statements about the, the captured state and, you know, some of these intelligence operations and some of the bigger players who have very, very nefarious um, intentions. Not all of them. I think the majority of it is mismanagement and just stupidity, useless, you know, idiots in the bureaucracies. But do you see any, well, let me just open it up to you and to, to get your thoughts on that. If you've, if you've, you know, amended anything or you look differently at it or if it's the same. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't seen any smoking gun that, um, uh, that shows there's, there's some sort of nefarious intent with the vaccines. Uh, I think this is Anthony Fauci driven. Uh, I think this is uh, ego driven. I think this is a perfect storm. I think Fauci didn't expect the, uh, research that was going on in Wuhan to escape the lab. I think he was surprised when Okay. That happened. He clearly wasn't prepared uh, for it. Um, and if Fauci didn't know what was going on, I don't think there's like, 
Um, how do you you know, plus, plus, I don't think that Fauci would participate in a, in any kind of mass genocide plan. I mean, I, I, I don't think he'd he'd go that that low. I think I think for Fauci's case, it's just a pure ego. Hi, I'm Anthony Fauci. I am science, and uh, uh, the correct way to uh, tackle this virus is not through drugs, but is through uh, vaccines. Mm -hmm. This has been consistent behavior through his with him. Uh, his lifetime. And what so, if it wasn't Fauci? What if Fauci isn't the bad guy? What if it was people behind Fauci? Like, okay, for example, um, the Department of Defense contracts, and this is something yeah. that Robert well, look. I, th I think some of this research, um, there is certainly evidence to suggest that this research was was done to to uh, was bioweapon research, either right. for defense or offense. Mm -hmm. And I think there's enough credible evidence uh, to that effect, but. The that was in the it was in the research realm. It wasn't being uh, exp, uh, it wasn't being deployed on people. Uh, but they did. They rolled it out. I mean, Operation Warp Speed was a military. No, 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 no. Uh, the the bio the this uh, uh, enhancement of the virus research. Okay, so the gain was of not would right. be the gain of function research was not deliberately rolled out to people in a controlled way. Now, if the DOD really wanted to <laughs> roll out gain-of-function research on all of America, or, or all of America, they wouldn't probably have started it in Wuhan, China. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that would not be the, uh, uh, the, the place. Right. That, would, that would not be your first, first choice. But maybe they did that because they didn't want to... Um, uh, have people suspect that they were behind it. And so you could come up with all these reasons that uh, they, they, they did the leak that way so that they wouldn't be uh, caught with their hand in the cookie jar. But then again, uh, thinking that if your goal is to eliminate Americans, which seems pretty far-fetched, I mean, it's, you have to do a lot of planning to, to, to figure this stuff out. And they were planning. a lot of it's things have to go. Like they've been investigating coronaviruses and vaccines for coronavirus for a long, time. For a long, long time. So, yep. I mean, I guess it's, it really is. And I think that this is also one of those fair spaces for disagreement, right? To have a gentleman's or a gentlewoman's disagreement about whether or not this was planned versus somewhat planned, mismanaged, and then the cover up is worse than crime. Yeah. That's I mean, kind it, of where it, I think. Yeah. And so, so my opinion hasn't changed. They were clearly doing the research, the uh, the the DNA uh, or the the um, uh, the the gene sequences inside the virus are man-made. Uh, they resemble; they're like twenty-four base pairs in a Moderna patent. Mm. Uh, you know, found in a Moderna patent, and Moderna was asked about that. And they said, oh, that's interesting. We'll look into it. And they, of course, never ex ever explain that. I think there's there's a lot of uh, shit going on that we don't necessarily uh, know about. But I think it is consistent with the, okay, DOD was doing gain-of-function research right. uh, using coronaviruses and didn't want anyone to know about it. And so that's there's that part of the cover-up. But to link that with the... Oh yeah, yeah. They wanted to create a vaccine which would kill uh, a million Americans. I'm 
I don't I don't think those two are that you'd one cause the a, other. You'd have to have a mastermind. I mean, you would have to I think have there, a I, yeah, I, of, I think this is kind of like a perfect storm of things that yeah. went wrong uh, mm -hmm. to have created the situation we're in right now. And the reason that people don't want to look at it is not because they're evil, but because they're, uh, I, I'd say a lot of people are blue-pilled. So I know... Right. Friends or, in, or, in, or they it's a they don't want to they don't want to acknowledge what they did, right? Or they want to cover up what they did. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some of that who some people who realize what's going on and they don't want to acknowledge it. You know, Sean Caston had his his daughter uh, died from the vaccine. Now, Sean isn't going to do an autopsy to find out the cause of death because if if the cause of death was the vaccine, he's going to feel guilty for the rest of his life. So he. He really doesn't want to know mm. what killed his daughter. He just wants mm. to let people know that the advice that he gives people is that spend every day like it's your last and, you know, enjoy your kids while you can because they may be gone tomorrow, which is, you know, good advice. Okay. But yeah, it's it would be even better if he said, you know, I made a mistake and, and yeah. Yeah. Um, my daughter paid the price for it. And that would be more honest. And it would also help a lot of Americans uh, to... Uh, to go uh, a red pill on this yeah, because uh, people are still not awake, even though there's uh, a lot of devastation and people have noticed a lot yeah. of people dying unexpectedly. Uh, there's still a lot of denial in America. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think I just, I just differ with you slightly. Uh, I look at this in context of um, in historical context, wars waged uh, the geopolitical landscape that Denis, you know, laid out really what, what is the history of the world? It's about conquest. It's about seizing resources and power and land masses. And I tend to believe, and this is just my opinion, based on my observation today, that we we are at war. So if you look at this from we are at war, we don't really know <laughs> who we're at war with right now because it's kind of murky. Like, who are the people behind the scenes? Um, but it does, if you look at it from a war perspective, then it would make more sense because it, it the goal of war is to kill adversaries. It is to seize resources, to seize power, and to wipe out your enemy. And so, well, and I'm not saying that's yeah, but but you know, war. I think that would be where the other the other side comes in, especially yeah. when you look. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that you know, wars is pretty obvious who the warring parties are and what, I know, they're, we don't know. That's what why they're warring weird. about. Okay. It's 21st century warfare, man. It's like we're in a whole new genre. Okay. War. Right. I don't well. know. I'm listen, I'm not a military person, but I just like to have these conversations because I do think I see the I see the um within the medical freedom community, I see kind of the factions forming. I don't want the factions to form. I think that um that it's okay to disagree on these things. I don't want people to write people off because you think that this is more of a just complete like um snafu. Right where it just got totally messed up. Now there's a cover up for a variety of different reasons, um, which I think is fair. I I think that is a a legitimate. Theory. I, you know, I, I'm calling it based on the smoking yeah. gun evidence that's in plain and sight, right. and yep. and uh, you know you can you can have all these conspiracy theories, but without evidence, they're yeah. they're just theories. And and I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If right. if there was something pretty nefarious going on, we would have. Uh, I think that we something would have come out. I just go back to how it was like a symphony. 
like the orchestra of the lockdown in every different language, the yellow, the blue, the red, the social distancing, all of the messaging and marketing was the same in every Western democratic civilization, whether it was France, Italy, United States of America, it was all like perfectly in sync. And when I see a masterpiece, if I'm looking at the Mona Lisa or I'm listening to a symphony, I'm going to say there, this is so so precise. This is so brilliantly orchestrated that there's there has to be some kind of plan behind it. And that's just my own philosophy. It's just my, it's just, I'm again, and to your point, you are a data guy. You want smoking guns. This is why you go out and you do research and you want, like, you're not going to go with that um, until or unless from your perspective, there is, you know, that smoke. And I, I think it's totally legitimate. I, I think that you're, you know, completely um, reasonable. And I think it's completely logical that you have that position at the end of the day, though, we've got to move out of this suppression of information. We come back final segment of the show. If I can keep you for just a a little bit longer. Um, I want to just, where do you think, because you share my frustration here, we are now (laughs) three years out. Okay. And you do have smoking guns. We have smoking guns. The vaccines are killing people. I just want to get your thoughts on what some of the best research that you see out there right now to establish that fact. And then what do we need to do in order to push this into the public discourse once and for all? I'm going to ask you those questions when we come back right here on The Shannon Joy Show. Hey, everyone. Just want to pause for a moment to thank our sponsors over at Shell Shock CBD. That is shellshockcbd.com. Make sure you use the promo code SHANNONJOY for 10% off all of their products. We love this company, and I want to draw your attention today to a study that I found from 2014 published at NIH. This is a double-blind, randomized placebo-controlled parallel group study of THC CBD spray and peripheral neuropathic pain treatment. And in the conclusion of this study, they found, and I quote, these findings demonstrate that in a meaningful, a meaningful proportion of otherwise treatment-resistant patients, clinically important improvements in pain, sleep quality, and SGIC of the severity of their condition are obtained with the the THC CBD spray. So as you know, we've been talking about the medicinal benefits of CBD. I use a non-THC CBD product called Rackout from Shellshock CBD that has me sleeping like a baby. And there are more and more studies out there showing that CBD is a really great alternative for people who want to stay off pharmaceutical products. And that's why I love the folks over at Shellshock CBD. They have a whole variety of tinctures and creams and gummies and CBD products, both THC and non-THC, which is what I use, that are helping people to ease a, a whole variety of problems, whether it's stress, anxiety, sleeplessness, or even pain. They have the topical cream called Topical Thunder that people swear by. The reviews are fantastic. And as I've mentioned, the Rackout Gummies, which is what I use when I can't sleep. It's an amazing product. I would love for you guys to try it out. If you go to shellshockcbd.com, that's shellshockcbd.com. You can get some of their products, the gummies particularly, in sample packs so that you don't have to buy and invest in the whole 
product. You can try it out, see it if you like it. And as John Burke always says, if you are not completely satisfied, they always give you a 100% money back guarantee. That is how confident they are in their products over at Shellshock CBD. So please support the companies that support the Shannon Joy Show. Go to shellshockcbd.com right now today. Put in that promo code Shannon Joy and uh, begin to experience the benefits of the medicinal um, benefits of uh, Shell Shock CBD. We'll be back in a moment. And we are back today, joined by our good friend Steve Kirsch. He is the founder of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. And having a very interesting conversation. By the way, no, I'm I don't get the THC CBD, so I'm not getting high on CBD. I use the non THC version, but I am I love the rack out. I am not usually. I mean, when I find a product that really works, that is absolutely amazing, I will I will be an evangelist for it forever. And the rack out CBD is one of the best products I've ever used in my life in terms of the the way that I sleep. And even when I don't take it, I don't take it every night, but if I have trouble sleeping or I really want to get a good night's sleep, I'll take it. I just, overall, my sleep is just better. And I don't know if the melatonin and the CBC, CBD is building up, but uh, it's fantastic, guys. Shellshockcbd.com and uh, use that promo code SHANNONJOY. Because if you don't use the promo code SHANNONJOY, number one, you won't get the 10% off. Number two, John Burke will not know that I sent you. And see, that's how this whole advertising thing works. My advertisers support the show. You guys support the advertisers or try their products. And then we continue to grow. So thanks to Shell Shock CBD. We love them. All right, Steve Kirsch. Let's uh, get back to our conversation about uh, how we move forward. Again, in this, in similar to what we were talking about with Denis Rancourt, where we, you know, you guys had that gentleman's debate about whether or not the virus existed. You came out on two different sides of the aisle. Uh, what you and I discussed in the last segment about was this planned? Was this a military operation? Is there an, an orchestrator behind this, or is this just kind of like a, a snafu situation over the past three years? I also think in that case that there is plenty of room for disagreement. And it, that it doesn't, it actually doesn't, does it really matter? I, I just want it to stop. I want the lies to stop. I want the mass vaccination to stop. I want the regulatory capture by the pharma companies over our government institutions to stop. I want the pharmaceutical companies sued into oblivion. Okay. I want, I want pharma to go the way of big tobacco. That's what I want to happen. Like I, and whether or not you think this was on purpose or not, it might be important philosophically when we go back and look at all of this and we pull everything apart and we get some answers, but we can't even get answers right now, Steve Kirsch, because no one will talk about it. So what, where do you think we need to go from here as a medical freedom community um, in an election year where the two major candidates are trying to erase this and memory hole what happened uh, what do you think we need to do? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think we need to do to get this ball rolling? Yeah. Uh, uh, so before I answer that, uh, somebody in the comments says one of our uh, senior members of parliament in the UK said that the New Zealand whistleblower has been debunked. Um, <gasps> no, <laughs> the New Zealand whistleblower has not been debunked. I'm in regular contact with him. Okay. Uh, he dropped the data. The data is authentic. There is no way you could fake that data. I mean, I've gone through tons of different statistical analyses 
on this data and it measures up so precisely with reality uh, okay. that uh, that it'd be impossible for somebody to put together a data set like that. I mean, it, that is beyond the skills. I mean, like can people- you have, Can you refresh everyone on the New Zealand data, which is very important? Yeah, there's a guy in, in New Zealand, uh, his name is Barry Young. He used to work for uh, Health New Zealand before they fired him. Uh, the reason they fired him is because he uh, he managed, uh, he created the, the database for something called Paper Dose System, which uh, handles a third of the vaccine transactions in, in uh, New Zealand. And he found uh, very disturbing signals in the data. And uh, so he leaked the information uh, to me. I published it publicly after obfuscating it so that people could do analysis. Mm. And the time series analysis on that data definitively proves that the vaccines have killed thousands of people and uh, uh, and and so that uh, the, the the data is excellent. And uh, what what what's interesting about the data is that it shows that there are very few people in the world who are competent to analyze that data and find signals in it. And there are very few people who actually want to look at that data to right, find right, signals right. in it. And you know they basically all want to ignore it because if you're a competent epidemiologist and you say there's no signal, that will come back and bite you in the ass. And yeah. so the fact that there isn't a single epidemiologist, uh, you know, that has opined on this officially in some sort of paper or official capacity has got to be troubling because right. if the, the New Zealand data shows, shows that there's nothing going on here, they would say that, look, the New Zealand data proves that it's safe. But of course, the New Zealand data doesn't prove that, proves that it's not safe because if the New Zealand data proved it's safe, they would be tripping over themselves to yeah. release the entire data set. Yeah. It is in, not safe. Well, and to underscore what you what you have just said, um, when you take the New Zealand data in context with other data that is emerging, last week I had Aaron yeah. Siri on the program. He was able to get a judge to force the release of the V-safe data, which is probably yeah. the best data we're going to get on any of this. And it shows a very 34% of the respondents of people who volunteered the data post-vaccine said that they either could not perform daily tasks because of vaccine injury, they could not go to work because of, because of vaccine injury, or they had to be hospitalized or go to urgent care or seek medical health. That was 32%. So that would that would align with. So you you don't look at the New Zealand data in just in a vacuum. You look at no, it but you control. could. But you the point right. is that the New Zealand data stands alone. You yeah. can look at that if you know what you're doing, right. which I'm finding. You know, because I put it out there and I didn't want to go and and overanalyze it and put it out there. I wanted other people to to take the ball and run with it, so I could say that look, you know, ten other people did independent analysis, right? But but what I'm finding is that people are afraid to speak out um, either way on this. And there are some people that looked at it like uh, Igor uh, Chudov, who looked at yeah. it uh, uh, improperly. I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I laid it out. I mean, it's crazy. I, I laid out the tools. I laid out the time series analysis tool. People could yeah. verify that. People could verify that the data was correct, that the visualizations were correct. Nobody has ever said that, oh, you made a, an error in your time series analysis or you made an error in your visualization. And the visualization clearly shows that the vaccines are killing people. I mean, yeah, yeah. Case well, closed. Our, you and Denis, one of the areas of agreement between you and Denis Rancourt in your discussion was that the autopsy reports, there, here's another layer on this. The autopsy reports are probably 
the definitive. I mean, the the, the best the best data you can look at because it it, it you can show the injection um, and the mechanism of injury or death that happens in a body. I noticed that you're going to have um, a friend of the Shannon Joy show on about the the blood clots and the um, today on uh, vaccine safety. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is yeah, that? and and of course the the, the autopsy results. Um, Peter McCullough did this study where he uh, he did this meta study and thought that uh, you know judged that over seventy percent of the, the the deaths within two weeks of the vaccine were caused by the vaccine. That's not consistent with a vaccine. Like you know, Kevin Bass comes and says, "Oh, it's only killed like uh, five people per million doses." Come on, you wouldn't even be able to find those autopsy cases. <laughs> right, 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 right. In these studies, and there's no, there's no possible way that uh, <laughs> it's yeah. any more safe. Let me assure you. <laughs> well, well, absolutely, and and I think again, it's a it's a growing body of evidence. You've you've relied heavily, even though you are able to amass a good amount of data, you rely heavily on just anecdotal. Like, what is the likelihood that three people that you know got yeah, the yeah. vaccine and had heart attacks three days later? Yeah, like, and that's because all of it together, not, right? Yeah, the, the the reason for anecdotal is because I can verify the anecdotes. Right. Exactly. I know the person. If five people died, you know, it's five people who died from the vaccine on the same day they got the vaccine. I say, okay, <laughs> let me, I can verify that. And, you know, that's not like these studies where when you ask for the data, they say data is not available. Mm-hmm. So bad. All right. Well, what do we do, Steve Kirsch? I mean, you're one of the leaders of the medical freedom movement. You're, yeah, you're we have to the, get, yeah. What are we going to yeah. do? Talk to me. We, we, we have to have more people aware of the problem. And fortunately, our best salesperson on this, Shannon, is the virus, er, sorry, is the vaccine itself. Yeah. The vaccine itself is basically maiming and killing people and people are realizing it. And so uh, way more Americans realize this than they realize that they realize it, right? Because their polls show that uh, that the awareness is huge, especially among Republicans, but also be, uh, with Democrats. Uh, but the awareness in Congress seems to be, if people are aware of this, they're certainly not uh, doing anything about it. So there are no hearings being held to hold these people accountable. Uh, if, Ron, if, if the Senate turns over to Republican control, uh, that would be a good thing. Ron Johnson would pursue this. Um, in the yeah. House, even though Republicans control it, it's it's just it's just crazy, you know. Yeah. So what happen what happens is we need to get the shoe to drop someplace, and mm-hmm. whether it's in America, whether it's in uh, in Parliament in the UK, it right. sounds like we're going to get some movement in the UK after the elections because people don't want to know, uh, politicians don't want to let people know that. Yeah, they they were behind the vaccine that was killing people. They'd rather have the election, get reelected, than say, "Up, oh, we made it. We were fooled," and then they have plenty of time to let people forget about that, mm. so that they can get reelected again. But they're delaying the elections, or they're they're delaying discussion of this issue in Parliament because they realize how difficult it is, and the discussions they have in Parliament so far have been 
Andrew Bridgen has been leading the charge on this, and okay. the other members of parliament have not been able to come up with any kind of reasonable explanation for the excess deaths in the UK that mm. matches the evidence. And, and Carl Hennigan in the UK has done the research and said, well, look, you know, these excess deaths that were caused by circulatory issues like, um, like uh, heart attacks and yeah. Yeah. strokes and, and, and whatnot. And so there's a sudden increase. And, and John Baldwin in Massachusetts yeah. has, uh, has a Massachusetts death certificate and also the Minnesota death certificate. He has a, about a million death certificates and he can show. John Baldwin. Yes. Yeah. 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 Prior, prior to 2021, these were all respiratory deaths, excess deaths. And after 2021, suddenly the circulatory, yep. uh, it, it was like a light switch yeah. going on. And it happened at the time the vaccines rolled out. It wasn't coincident with COVID. Yeah. And he so it's, it's so obvious what's going on. I mean, you have to be blind not to see this. Well, this is what's killing me, though, is that you Sorry, have I'm, I'm not trying to insult blind people, by the way, but you know what I mean. I love blind people. But no, yeah. it is a lot of uh, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And even within the Republican primary, huge frustration for me. You have you mentioned that, number one, people are not taking the boosters because they are afraid to because it's killing people and they see it happening. The anecdotal stories I'm seeing, you're seeing, they're lining up with the data. They're lining up with even the mechanisms of death that we're seeing in the autopsy report. So it's all there. It's all there and laid out. Right. And you have Republicans who, to your point, are even more skeptical of this, more knowledgeable about this than Democrats or liberals who are mired in the mainstream news media. Yet here we have this situation where even though it seems we know about this and we're concerned about this, we don't even want our politicians to talk about this because they chose in the primaries the guy who's pretending it isn't happening. And it's that disconnect that is really concerning to me. I think yeah. right, we need to push this into the fore. Bobby Kennedy Jr. being in this election is really important. I was really disappointed, by the way, about, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis did a great job in, in some ways um, pushing back against COVID and all the narratives and the vaccines earlier than any other governor did. But I was really disappointed to see the grand jury come back. Uh, you know, he impaneled that grand jury to investigate COVID-19 lockdowns and investigate the vaccines. And the grand jury basically came back with, well, we asked all these questions of the CDC and the FDA and the government won't give us answers. So we're not definitive on the vaccine. And that was a little bit frustrating to me because now it's like, where's that going to go? You know, like we need something to happen. We need them pulled from the shelves in Florida, something to yeah. happen in Europe. Like, Yeah, I mean, how come how come the grand jury didn't ask for the, the Florida data to analyze? Right. No, yeah. I, and I was suspicious of that grand jury from the beginning, but I gave it the benefit of the doubt, you know, through the primary. But I'm a little annoyed. I'm going to be honest. That that feels like it was a political ploy to me now. And I don't know if it was a ploy by DeSantis and his team or if it was a ploy by Republicans who are hostile to, you know, any anti-lockdown. Because in Florida, you've got Mar-a-Lago and you have Tallahassee. I mean, Florida is a, it is, I mean, that's like battleground of, you know, ignore COVID at war, or ignore what happened versus like, let's get to the bottom of it. But yeah, yeah. I'm, so you're saying we just need to, we just need to keep pounding the truth and just it's, push. It, yeah. Down. Just pounding the pavements and hoping yeah. uh, that you get a lucky break. So, you know, if 
if RFK Jr. is elected president, that would be a lucky break. That would really move the needle. That would make a huge, huge difference. Like if yeah. there's anything that would make a big difference in this that would dramatically change the landscape, it's electing uh, RFK Jr. as the next president of the United States. Yeah. Do you think, um, you know, where his, I know that you are, are you an advisor or you're a friend of, of uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Where are they in terms of um, of viability? You think he has a real chance? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Uh, and you think yeah. he'll I mean, there's, 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 you know, it, it, like he says, the magic number is 34. 34%. I mean, seriously. And he's in, in striking yeah. distance of that. People are pretty disgusted with Biden, okay, and, and people are pretty disgusted with Trump. Yeah, okay. This is what I, you know, I consider and, myself, and they should be. Yeah, and they, 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 uh, uh, and and RFK shouldn't be the okay. Well, he's maybe the uh, the most agreeable alternative. Uh, I, I think he he'd do a superb job of of cleaning up the the mess in in Washington mm. because he mm. doesn't. He's not going to fall for the bullshit. I wonder about that. I mean, that that I, do I dare hope that something like that? Could, I mean, I, this is what I will tell you. Yes, uh, Shannon. You, you yes, you should yeah. more than hope. You should yeah. be oh, like talking about it and 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 um, holding a fundraiser for him. I'm such a cynic. I'm like, this is not my first road. I started this whole business ten years ago as Pollyanna. Was Pollyanna. I was bright eyed and bushy tailed, and like we're just gonna change the messaging, and everyone's gonna understand. And now yeah. I'm like, I, you well, know, you know, it, take, it takes a lot of work. So, 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 Shannon, I I held a fundraiser for Bobby Kennedy. I don't when, have, no one has any. You know, rich people. I don't know any rich people. No, no one I know has any money. He doesn't want me to hold. Oh, fundraiser. come on, come on. You have you have millions of people who follow you on Rumble and Brilliant. and all your other platforms. So yeah. Yeah, I'm you know, sure like, there are people that will attend your fundraiser. You know, listen, I um, I want to still hope. I mean, that's one of the, why do I do this? I do this every day because I do still have hope, you know. And so that's not anything I'll, let, I'll ever let go. And I have children too, Steve, and my yeah. kids they need liberty. Like I can't stop this now because then then gotta, take action. So so, so Shannon, hold let the me fundraiser tell you. for, for so Bobby guys, Kennedy. You guys are all talking about my hair today. You're telling me I have a good hair day. Um, the reason I have a good hair day is because I have a great hairdresser. Um, but this has a point. I just had my hair done the other day. And I have people, I'm a cultural anthropologist. I'm always testing. Like we're in our own ecosystem of people who are aware and awake and we know what's going on. That's very, the normies are all out there. Like 90% of the population, they're not paying attention. So I have, I have neighbors and my hairdresser is one of them. And I have family members that like I test. I'm like, okay, so what's going on? Let me tell you, um, I'm getting my hair done. And she says to me, a very nice part of the city of Rochester, off East Ave, Park Avenue. I lived there when I was younger. It was beautiful, upscale. It's where all the young kids go after college. Um, always like a real kind of super chic area. And she is like complaining because there have been murders and stabbings and crime and like all this stuff going on. And uh, she says to me, it's because of the bail reform. It's because it's because of the bail reform that the Democrats did in, in city council. I'm like, where that where did you come from? Like, she's my hairdresser. She doesn't pay attention to politics like she's but she's real and she doesn't like Trump and she doesn't like Biden and she's paying attention. And I'm like, OK, if my like my hairdresser, you know, they're not typically, you know, people who are really consuming media, but people around me who are not invested or super political all know 
that something is very wrong. Like they just sense it. They're not happy with the economy. They're not happy with their prospects. They they sense they don't feel good probably because they've all been vaccine poisoned, right? And their bodies are in, you know, whatever state. And I just think that to your point, I pray that this, enough of, of um, American citizens will know enough in the next few years and maybe the next nine months to break out of that two-party paradigm and, and, and try for something new, you know? And I share your hope on that because this can't go on, you know? Well, you know, instead of just sharing my hope on it, you could declare your independence by saying, hey, I'm, I'm voting for Bobby That's Kennedy. So funny. You really want me to get to get you? Okay, well, listen, I mean, I, I'm not voting for Biden and I'm not voting for Trump. So okay, that's, well, there you go. that's easy. That's easy. Okay. But there's a, there's a lot right. of time. So, so what is what is preventing you, Shannon, from taking the next step and, and saying, I got I I to you know have him on the show. I got to ask him some questions. I got some questions for him. And then if, and then we'll answer questions. And then I'll, and then I'll, you know, I don't typically endorse anyone. No one cares what I think. Steve Kirsch, no one cares what yeah, I they think. Do. They do. Not. They do not. Sure they do. Sure they do. Yeah. Um, people know that I am, I've been, I've been using, you know, RFK. I knew about him way before COVID. I knew about him way before any discussion of the vaccine. Uh, he was a warrior for children in terms of children's health defense, vaccine, uh, safety, informed consent. And so I tend to look at people's, um, I look at them over time. I love consistency. And I will say, I'm very open to, to Bobby Kennedy Jr. I, my audience knows that. I, you know, I talk about it all the time. So it's- You, you know, should be more than open, Shannon. I didn't know this was going to be a hardcore press, like hardcore press right here on this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, but, but this is what it's all about. This is like, you know, look, if you want change, you need to commit. And- if you're not going to vote for Biden and you're not going to vote for Trump, there's only one viable candidate left, Shannon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is holding you back? I don't know. It's my cynicism. It's my, it's, you know, I've been Shannon, there are three candidates on the ballot. You've eliminated two of them. What prevents you from saying I'm going to vote for the guy who is left? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. No, I, I'm this is see, be but this is but this is the problem here, and and you're looking at it right now. The mm -hmm. fact that you cannot commit on this show to endorsing Bobby Kennedy Jr. for president, that is a problem. When did Steve Kirsch take over my show? Is this the Steve Kirsch show on Rumble? Uh come on now. No, no I'm just I'm holding you accountable, Shannon. You know, you talk about holding politicians accountable. I'm, I'm now holding you accountable. I'm a fickle, fickle woman, Steve Kirsch. It's Come very, on, you, very your whole show is about are. change and 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 telling people that hey, we need to change here, and yet you are not changing. I mean, this is like a this is the perfect example of of what's wrong in America, right? That you can. Why are you not committing? I'm telling you, have you to take a stand. At this point, I just need a little more. Listen, I listen. I'm a you got to put a ring on it kind of gal, and I'm not going to give the milk away for. <laughs> okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna here. My mom told me. Here's my I ring. I'm going to pass it off to the other side here, and you can right on the finger. Grab it. Okay, yeah, just like they do on these YouTube videos. 
so funny. No, no. My mother always taught me, don't give the milk away for free. Like they'll never buy the cow. If you give the milk away, I like, I need, I just need a little bit more. I need to observe a little bit more. I need to gather some information and then I'll make my decision. I'll make my decision. When, when, when Shannon, maybe I just want to record it a little bit. Maybe I just next week. Well, we'll see. This is good stuff. You're the best. Thank you so much. No, I, we're, we're going to keep an eye on, on Bobby Kennedy Jr. And again, I wouldn't talk about him if I didn't like some of the stuff that he's doing and a lot of what he's saying. So we're going yeah. we're gonna, to we're gonna bring him to the, to the audience for sure. And thank you for all that you do. You're one of my absolute faves. This is why I love having you on because you're always a ball. And um, there's always room for discourse. There should always be room for discourse. And, and, we should always be ready to go into venues, even with people that we don't agree with. And you do this constantly, Steve Kirsch. And it's one of the reasons that you're very valuable and you're a treasure. So you guys can support everything that Steve is doing. Where do you want people to go? Where, what is the best place for them to go and, and get everything that you do? And, and uh, KirschSubstack.com. And I'm on Twitter at ST Kirsch. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you, my friend. And uh, you have a great weekend. Again, guys, remember, no show tomorrow. We're heading to Pittsburgh with the whole fam damley. We're going to play some volleyball in the Nike Steel City uh, men's volleyball tournament with my son. So uh, we're going to take a break tomorrow. But we'll be back on Monday, of course, to do it all again. And uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, to Shell Shock CBD. We love you guys. Again, the sponsors of the Shannon Joy Show are amazing people. They are real people. I have conversations with the owners. They're real businesses. Most of them are small to medium-sized businesses, and they share your values and they share my values. That's why they support and advertise on the Shannon Joy Show. And so for those of you who support this show through your direct donations and contributions at theshannonjoy.com, the monthly contributions, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. But if you're not ready to do that, I want to encourage you to visit the websites of the companies that sponsored this show and consider patronizing them and consider trying their products. So that includes qpgoatsoap.com qpgoatsoap.com. Make sure you use the promo code J-O-Y. And of course, Shellshock CBD. John Burke is amazing. That's Shellshock CBD for the best quality, the purest, most effective, and most cost-effective CBD on the market. Shellshock CBD, promo code Shannon Joy. Thank you guys so much. Great live chat. You guys are amazing. This is a really fun interview. I'm glad we were able to wait for Steve and get him on. And yeah, we'll be back on Monday to do it all again right here on The Shannon Joy Show. Hey everyone, if you are anything like me, you live your life on your phone, working, banking, shopping, connecting with friends and family, but in the digital shadows are rogue apps, 
watching your every move, collecting that data. And in the silence are spies listening to your private conversations. Feeling paranoid? Well, me too. And you're not alone. With Connecta Mobile, peace of mind is one tap away. Leveraging military-grade encryption, Connecta shields your data, ensuring your conversations and information stay private. Build a fortress around your digital life starting at just $35 a month. You'll get an encrypted device data and conversations, no data tracking, and a free secure phone with trade-in. Do not compromise on privacy. Take control with Connecta. Go to phone123.com slash joy today. That's phone123.com slash joy. Now is the time for peace of mind and you can get it with Connecta.